This is the Plant Yourself Podcast. I'm Howard Jacobson of plantyourself.com. Today I'm talking with Nelson Campbell, who is the director of a new movie called Plant Pure Nation. And we have a short conversation today. It's just half an hour, well less than my usual uh, podcast length, partly because Nelson is so busy right now. He has 47 hours left in a Kickstarter campaign that is raising funds to get this movie distributed in more places around the country. They've, been, they've had a rolling tour of uh, the, the movie as it's been edited so far that has uh, traveled around the East Coast and then the West Coast, a uh, whirlwind tour with um, Nelson and his wife Kim, with his dad, T. Colin Campbell, and his mother Karen, Nelson's mother, that is, and John Corey, the producer who also produced Forks Over Knives, and his wife, and a film crew. And it was very hard to get, to get Nelson uh, quiet and uh, not rushing around for 30 minutes. So I was happy to, to have that much time. And he's got 47 hours left, as I said, to wrap up this Kickstarter um, to bring this remarkable film to as many people as possible. And what we're talking about here is not just entertainment, not just education, but really inspiration and a playbook, a step-by-step playbook for a bottom-up revolution in health, in food, and ultimately in community, in how our nation is structured. As Nelson will tell us in this interview, top-down change almost always gets subverted by the people at the top, by the people with the moneyed interest to protect. And bottom-up tends to be more effective it tends to empower people, and it tends to lead to avalanches of change rather than just single little points. So without further ado, Nelson Campbell, welcome to the Plant Yourself podcast. Hello, Howie. Thanks for, uh, for having me on. Yeah, so this is kind of an unusual um, edition. At this point, we've got 47 hours to go in your Kickstarter campaign to really set the world on fire with the documentary you've produced and um, are, are starting to show around the country, Plant Pure Nation. So let's, let's start by just uh, telling folks, what is Plant Pure Nation? What is the movie about? And why did you feel like it had to be made? Well, you know, over the... Over the years, I've had some experience uh, working with people and talking to people about the uh, benefits of a plant-based diet. And oftentimes, when you you tell people how dramatic those benefits can be, you know they, they'll respond and say, "Well, if that's true, then you know why haven't I heard anything about this before?" You know, they're almost um, disbelieving. You know, when you say that, well. Uh, you know, we've known about this for, for some time in, in the research community, but uh, even in government, but, but the information has been suppressed. Because, you know, people can't believe that an idea this big and this important and this effective could, could in fact, be suppressed. So, so we wanted to, sh- to develop a film, produce a film to sort of answer that, that question, you know, how this, how this could have happened. And, um, and so, the, so the documentary is very focused on that. Uh, it's it's not just a survey documentary. It's actually got a strong story uh, to it. And so the story begins in Kentucky, uh, goes through North Carolina and back to Kentucky again. And uh, it, it has a, a dramatic political strand uh, within it. And as we go through that journey and tell the story, 
we also digress. We take opportunities to digress into uh, topics that are connected with uh, this health message. And, um, you know, that also touch on on this question as to why we haven't heard this before. Mm, yeah, because I, I was talking. I was talking yesterday to uh, Doctor um, Robert Ostfeld, who's got a you know plant based cardiac clinic in the Bronx, and he says that w- one of the main things he hears from people when he tells them what they can do to improve their health is he says they, they get pissed off and they say, mm-hmm. "How come no one ever told me this before? Why didn't my doctors tell me?" So without mm-hmm. without spoiling the plot of the movie, because we do want people to go see it and and be taken for the roller coaster, the dramatic roller coaster that it is. What are some of the reasons that you discovered in making the documentary that has kept this from, from us? Well, there's, uh, it, it really, as we say in the film, it really is all about uh, money. And uh, there, there are a number of industries that benefit from the status quo uh, that, uh, in, in a sense, kind of make money off of uh, our, our poor health. And um, when you aggregate the, the value that's produced, the economic value uh, produced by those industries, you know, we're not talking about billions of dollars or even hundreds of billions, but really, you know, trillions of dollars uh, at, at stake here. So there's a lot of money um, uh, behind the status quo and Unfortunately, within our political system, money can have quite an influence. And so uh, it's not just an economic uh, issue here. It's also a political one. It's, it's the effect of that money in the political process. And, uh, you know, it's at the federal level, but, but even at the state level. And that's, that, that's really part of our story. Uh, we engage in a political journey and a political battle in the state of Kentucky, and we show very clearly those forces that are at work uh, suppressing this message. So I've got to ask you, if you're going up against trillions of dollars against entrenched political interests, and we know that, you know, it's easy for rich people to sort of buy political results, um, why bother? Where, where, Where is there hope that the truth can get out and that people can get well when the odds seemingly are so stacked against us? Well, you know, Howie, we live in an age where it truly is becoming more difficult to hide information and, you know, suppress, you know, especially life-saving information like this. And and in the last few years, uh, this information has been has been getting out. And I really do believe that that we're kind of at a tipping point with this idea. Uh, there's tremendous grassroots interest building around this. Um, the system, uh, the economic and political system, uh, is still you know, trying to operate and promote uh, the status quo. But through the Internet, uh, people, people everywhere are beginning to hear about this and learn about this. And, um, and so, so times are changing, and I'm very, very hopeful. Um, I think what's required at this point to really sort of take it to the next level is to to organize and uh, you know organize this building grassroots interest to connect people everywhere who are learning about this into into a more organized movement and and also to provide 
those people the tools and the resources, the financial resources that they need to promote this idea within their own local communities. Uh, I'm hopeful because I think that there's a tremendous opportunity for bottom-up change. You know, I'm not real hopeful about the idea of engineering change from the top. And, and that's the kind of change that a lot of our political leaders oftentimes talk about. Uh, I, I cringe a little bit uh, knowing that we're coming into another presidential uh, campaign cycle because I, I just get tired of hearing, you know, all these false promises. And I think that a lot of uh, American people feel the same way. And, and change is always the buzzword. You know, they're going to they're gonna bring about change because people aren't happy with the status quo, so they like the idea of change. But you can't, unfortunately, you can't really engineer change from the top. You know, it, it, it usually doesn't work because, because that kind of change is always co-opted by the, by the powerful interests that, that know how to work the system. And so we need, a, we need real change, authentic change, and that's bottom up. And I think if we take that approach, I'm very hopeful. I have a great deal of hope that we can transform society around this idea if we take a bottom-up approach. Right. So you're you're the producer, is that right, of Plant Pure Nation? Well, I'm actually the the director. Our oh, producer you're, you're is the John. Direct. Okay, you're the director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Corey is our producer, and John uh, also produced Forks Overnight. So uh, you know he's been a great asset through the whole process. Right. So you know we we um, did some work together way back when this movie was just starting to take shape, mm-hmm. and you know you're. You're sort you're sort of started out as a very accidental director, right? So mm-hmm. you know you you don't have a background in movies. You, but you you do have a background in this kind of bottom up change. That's really how you got into it um, with mm-hmm. the work that you did with uh, several different communities around Mebane, North Carolina. Can you talk a little bit about what you discovered? You know, I'm not sure what makes it into the film or not yet at this point, but can you talk a little bit about that experience and kind of what you learned about what's possible? Well, actually, um, I've always been interested in, in sort of community-based, you know, bottom-up uh, efforts to change things. And um, my background is... Is as an entrepreneur, uh, you know, I've uh, you know, over the course of my life, I've been involved in trying to start kind of socially conscious uh, uh, businesses. But I've always had this, I you know, this this uh, interest in in working at the you know at the community level. So, uh, for example, a number of years ago, I lived in a small town north of Durham uh, called uh, Oxford. And while I, you know, at the time I was starting another company, but I would come home in the evenings and on the weekends and I got involved in leading an effort to help uh, one of the struggling schools uh, up there and uh, ended up, you know, recruiting over 200 people to, uh, to launch three initiatives uh, in this school to, to benefit some of the kids who were, who were struggling and, you know, it was really gratifying to see the outpouring of support and the time that people are willing to donate. Uh, people really are yearning for that type of involvement. Um, you know, they want to be connected. They want to, they want to be able to change and fix things. And so 
Um, that was a great experience, but then I also applied that as well to this health uh, concept. Uh, eventually got involved in some efforts to to organize uh, health interventions. Uh, the first one in uh, Wake, Wake Forest, and then we did a series of of interventions in Mevin, which are documented in the film. And um, and again, you know, I I was uh, really gratified to to see what could be accomplished working at the at the community level. We were very successful with those interventions. Right. Now, the, the communities you worked with are not exactly the ones I would think of as the ones who would immediately say yes to this idea. It wasn't, you know, sort of upscale, upper middle class, whole food shopping liberals. Is there a reason you you took it to sort of, you know, Main Street Southern America to see if this message would fly? Yeah, I mean, where we uh, did these interventions, uh, I don't think I ever met. Uh, eventually, I think maybe I met one or two people, but um, but it was hard to find anyone who had read the China study or who had really even thought much about a plant-based diet. But I've always believed that that people everywhere uh, they they yearn to be involved in their community. They yearn to to to, to be able to, to to be to be involved in solutions. And they also are very. Most people are very open to new ideas, uh, and and they have an interest in their health. And it's really uh, all in how you communicate with people. And for much of my life, I've lived in small communities. I've lived in rural areas, and uh, you know, grew up in in those kinds of towns, and lived a good part of my adult life in those communities. And so, I've always kind of had a connection with. Uh, a more mainstream uh, demographic, and and I've always, you know, believed the things I just said. And you know, I think sometimes there's this popular uh, conception that in a small rural town in the South, for example, that maybe people aren't as open-minded as as they might be in, in other places. But again, I think that that's really not true. I, it's just how how you communicate with people. And and uh, we found in our work in in Mebane, uh and also the uh, the other town I mentioned, uh, Oxford. We, we, you know, I found that people are 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 quite open to new ideas, and uh, you know, we did these health health interventions in Mebane, and at the end of the, each intervention, we polled people, and over ninety percent of those who went through it uh, expressed an interest in wanting to stay plant based, and. Uh, you know, they proved to be to be very open minded. So I've, I've heard you speak in various different settings. And one of the things that really impresses me about your communication style is that you seem to understand where people are coming from. And you've got a message that that reinforces their worldview, whether they're sort of you know, activist liberals or very anti-government conservatives, you have a way to tie in the message of plant-based eating and health um, that everyone can agree with. Can you can you talk a little bit about how you do that? Well, I think that you have to communicate in a way that resonates with uh, people's sort of fundamental values. And, and And when you look at the fundamental values that we, most of us, hold dear, they're actually very, very similar, whether you're, 
you're a, 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 a liberal Democrat or maybe a more conservative Republican, you know, we all believe that that we should be responsible. Uh, we, we all believe, you know, that we should uh, uh, work and be productive. Uh, we all believe that we should try to take care of our neighbor. Um, you know, we, we, we have these sort of similarities when you go down to, to that level. And so when we're talking about the message of plant-based nutrition, uh, we try to show, you know, try to show how that message resonates with these values that most of us can, can agree upon. Um, also we found since, uh, we started touring, uh, with, you know, doing the, the film screenings around the country, uh, we've had a lot of opportunity to talk to people, not only about the film, but also about the strategy that we're going to pursue on the heels of the film release, a strategy to kind of launch a grassroots bottom up movement around this idea of plant-based nutrition. And what's been, so interesting to me is that uh, it really doesn't matter whether, uh, you know, I'm talking to a, a more conservative person or a libertarian uh, or, or a, a person who's more on the left, uh, who would be considered to be a, maybe a liberal Democrat. Uh, we've had the same response from just about everyone, regardless of their political persuasion. People love the idea of this kind of bottom bottom-up change. Um, those people who don't believe that change can be engineered from the top, uh, they, they like the idea of trying to do it the other way, from the bottom up. Um, those people who are concerned more about issues of social justice and equity, they like this uh, as well, because this, this is a, a more effective way to achieve a more just, uh, equitable society. And so I find that as we're talking about this, that it really seems to unify people. Uh, it truly is not, not a partisan idea. And, uh, you know, it's very, it's very exciting to me because I think that, that to some degree we see a lot of partisanship in our society because we're focused on the wrong things and we're focused on the smaller pieces of the bigger truth. And I think this idea of joining together in a bottom-up way to create a more just society is the bigger truth. And when people look at it that way, they come together. Mm. So you mentioned the tour. Uh, tell us a little bit about it, because I was, I was reading about it, and I guess it's you and your wife, Kim, and your dad, T. Colin, and your mom, Karen, and then John Corey and his wife. Is there anybody else? You guys are like on a bus? Well, we have, we, uh, we were caravanning uh, with, Three vehicles, and we also had a uh, three uh, ca camera people who were coming along and documenting everything. So it was all of the above that you mentioned, and three camera people. <laughs> so I mean, I can only imagine how grueling that is. And you know, we, you know, your your dad, who's I guess eighty one now, is probably you know outlasting everyone. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. You, you have an inside uh, advantage, uh, Howie, because you know my dad, and you, you know I me. Mean, and what you just said is exactly uh, right. We were we just got back from the East Coast leg of our tour, and we we went to 18 different locations in just under uh, five weeks. So we were averaging close to four a week, and every place we went, uh, we had social events that we had to attend, and then at each screening. 
uh, I had to introduce the film and then at the end uh, say a few words about our grassroots strategy we're launching. And then we had a Q&A with my dad and John and, and, and Kim. And then after that, we usually spent uh, an hour or more uh, kind of socially ming- mingling with people. So it was just incredibly exhausting. And the, the, <laughs> the most amazing thing actually was the stamina of my, my father and my mother, too. Um, they, they kind of put, put all of us to shame. So I don't know, uh, I don't know how they do it, but you know, maybe it's all the plants they've eaten over the years or something. I'm not quite sure what it is, but they, yeah, they were pretty energetic. <laughs> so the, the tour is in preparation. I guess you're, you're adding little bits and documenting this part for a July 4th re- nationwide release of the film. Yes, we're going to start releasing in theaters that week uh, around July 4th, uh, and it's going to be a rolling release. So each week thereafter, we'll open in more cities. And so we're, we're anticipating maybe 120 to 180 cities uh, we'll release the film in. But, you know, exactly how, how far it goes depends on, uh, obviously, what kind of turnout we get, uh, particularly early on. Um, so we're hoping, you know, we're hoping that we can we can continue to generate a lot of buzz and grassroots interest and, and, and get a good turnout in July. Well, I've, I've heard from a bunch of people who are both thrilled and annoyed at the turnout that they had to sit in some sort of adjunct auditorium where it was mm-hmm. where it was, you know, they could there wasn't enough room for the discussion for, you know, all the people who wanted to show up. So it sounds it sounds like you're starting to uh, to get the message out and really get a lot of crowds interested um, in in this in the film and in talking to to you and Kim and John and your dad. Um, so you've got this Kickstarter campaign, and I saw that you have it's funded so that you get to keep the money. You've got over a thousand backers. As we said, there's 47 hours to go. Um, people who are listening to this today, um, which is Tuesday the 12th and tomorrow the 13th, the last couple of days, why should they um, contribute to the campaign? What's what's in it for them and what's in it for the movement? Well, when we, we pick the, uh, as you know, on Kickstarter, you have to, you have to pick a target number. And if you don't achieve that number, then you lose all of the commitments that have been made. Um, but you get to keep the money if you exceed, uh, equal or exceed that target number. And, and we have just recently exceeded our target of 150,000. But when we picked that number, uh, quite frankly, we, we thought we were being conservative. We were hoping that we could, uh, you know, exceed that by some measure. Uh, although having said that, we're extremely gratified and happy with what we've received and, and appreciate, uh, everyone's, uh, uh, contributions and it's put some real wind in our sails, but but we would like to raise as much as we can because um, the more money we raise, the more aggressive we can be in promoting the film, launching it in, in more places, uh, and also um, making the the arrangements for the uh, for the, what we've been talking about on the tour, and it's on our website. The strategy for uh, Plant Pure, the network of Plant Pure Pod. Uh, that can become hopefully the basis of a grassroots movement around this idea. So um, 
so 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 the more money we have, you know, very simply, the more the more we can do. And it, we we like the crowdfunding model because the more money that we raise through crowdfunding, the less money we have to get from from other places, from tr- from the traditional investment community. And that's very important to us because we want to have the flexibility going forward to uh, to create a financial engine. To help help power this uh, this grassroots network that I just mentioned, um, we're creating a structure where, uh, as we generate income, we'll have the ability to share that income with a nonprofit uh, foundation uh, that will support this national network. So, you know, in order to have that latitude, uh, you know, crowdfunding, you know, helps give us the freedom to do that. Um, so. We're hoping that even though we've met our target, our minimum target, that people can step up in these last few hours and help us, you know, uh, exceed that to, to the extent possible. So I see that there's a graphic um, of a map of the U.S. on the Kickstarter campaign, and it looks like it's pretty much East Coast going as far west as Chicago and then just hugging the West Coast. Are there any plans or possibilities if you raise enough money to to reach the heartland, to reach, you know, Ar- Arkansas, Arizona, Texas, Oklahoma? Absolutely. We're very interested in, in getting to the rest of the country, and we've been getting inundated with requests. So we had to pick that current tour route because we had limited funding. And, and limited time, but uh, so we had to, uh, you know, focus on those areas just from a financial time standpoint. But but we very much want to bring this to, you know, Dallas and Denver and Duluth and all those places in between. So and you know, you mentioned we talked earlier about the moneyed interests, and obviously, you know, animal agriculture is one of those interests. <clears throat> I don't think I'm giving away too much. Um, but there, there is a, at least, um, I thought there was a subplot of the movie. I don't know if it's, if it's made it through all the iterations and edits of, I guess, cattle farmers who took part in a plant-based 10-day jumpstart. Is, is that still, is that narrative still part of the film? It, it is. Uh, the very first health intervention that we did here in, in Mevin, they were uh, involved in it. And, uh, you know, my grandfather was a far- farmer. My dad grew up on a dairy farm. And I lived a lot of years in the country, as I said. And I I know that some of the most decent people in our world are people who are uh, growing our food. And uh, I, I feel very strongly that, um, uh, you know, we need, to, we need to show farmers how they can benefit from this health trend. And if folks are out there now raising cattle or, you know, uh, 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 you know, producing dairy products that, 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 you know, that we can't antagonize uh, those good people. Um, as I said, you know, the, the farmers are oftentimes the most, uh, salted deer people uh, I, I know. And so, uh, you know, part of our film is very, very focused on the agricultural connection to, to plant-based eating. And part of our thesis is that as the world goes plant-based, that that's actually going to create an opportunity for local farmers supplying into local markets, small farmers supplying into local markets to have a business model. Because as people start to eat this way, 
they become more health conscious. They start demanding the kinds of products that those small farmers supplying in the local markets can best provide. And so, you know, if, if demand starts to dramatically increase, it goes up by five times, six, seven, eight, you know, ten times current level. I think you'll see the free market kick into action in a way that will benefit uh, small small farmers supplying into local markets. Hmm. So that's a very, very important part of our film. So it's, it seems like you've, you've thought a lot about this um, and you have very, very strong and clear views that you're kind of taking a very surgical approach to identifying the problem and the culprits that, you know, so many times in the plant-based movement, we come out swinging, we're, we're shocked, we're horrified that no one knows the story. And we do a lot of collateral damage. We end up alienating mm-hmm. people, criticizing them, blaming them, uh, getting them defensive. And it sounds like you're being very surgical in the in the way you're looking at the problem and and who can be part of the solution. Wow, uh, I'm, I, you you said that so well. I, I don't I don't I couldn't have said it any better. I, I'm so glad that you uh, you picked up on that because uh, it, it's really at, at the the heart of our approach. You know, we wanted to show the problem in a very clear way. But without, you know, alienating people, without antagonizing people, I, I really feel like we need a revolution in this country, and it's got to be, first and foremost, it has to be bottom up. And it's not just conf- confined to health, by the way. I think that we can solve a lot of our social problems uh, through the kind of model that we're proposing um, around this film and this movement. But... Um, uh, we've got. We need a revolution like this, and, and it's it's one that should be based on, as I oftentimes say, uh, not on ag- aggression and one-sidedness, but on love and awareness. And uh, you know, that's that's really what we're trying to do through the film. So I, you know, I don't want to make any enemies through this film. This this health issue is one that affects all of us. You know, we all have fathers and mothers, brothers and sisters, and kids, and and this is something that affects all of us. And this is an opportunity for us to come together. Cool. Beautifully said. So for folks who are as moved as I am at this point by um, the vision of the film and the movement, what should they do right now? What, what, can, what can they do that can have a big impact in the next 47 hours to, to move this well, thing forward? Well, well the first, first and foremost is before the uh, clock runs out on our Kickstarter campaign, I'm hoping that people can uh, dig into their pockets and and do whatever they can to provide some last-minute support. I can promise that that money will be put to good use and uh, creating the kind of social impact that a lot of your listen, listeners care about. Um, okay, the second so, thing so, that so hold it. But so at that, at that, I just want to give people very clear instructions. So if you're if you're on my website, you can find the link in the show notes. If not, just go to Kickstarter.com and do a search for Plant Pure Nation. Right, Plant Pure is one word. So if someone just searches on Kickstarter for Plant Pure Nation, they'll find your project and they'll be able to uh, contribute. Yes. Uh, yes. Exactly. And also, uh, they can go to our website and join us, you know, sign up. Uh, you know, we promise not to abuse the privilege of having your email. But, um, you know, we'd like for folks to join up and so that we can 
kind of keep people apprised of what we're doing. You, know, you can't have a can't have a movement without people. So, and that website address slowly and clearly. Uh, uh, plantpurenation.com. Plantpurenation.com. Very good. And for people who want to know if the film is going to be in their community or if they have some sort of sway and could maybe um, finagle a screening, how should, how should people go about doing that for the, the rolling um, premiere starting in July? Uh, great question. Uh, we're going to have a formal release through theaters. Um, that's going to be largely determined by you know our distributor and population and demographics and so forth. But after that, we're going to continue uh, making available the film for screening uh, in theaters as well through a service called Tug, where people can pre-purchase tickets and then bring the film to their town and their local theater. So the, the best thing to do at this point, is, if people have that interest, is join us, uh, give us your email. And then when you do that, uh, you know, let us know that you're interested in a local screening and where you live. And we have a database, so we're compiling all of that information. So uh, when we're ready to begin additional screenings, we can reach back out to you. Awesome. I see we're at the 30-minute mark. I know you have a ton to do in the next 47 hours and in the next 47 days and the next 47 years. So uh, I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you go do it. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Howie. Uh, you know, you always do such great interviews, and I've listened to your other podcasts. You're just, you're just an artist at this, and uh, keep up the good work. Well, thanks very much, and best of luck. And uh, here's here's to the bottom-up revolution sparked by Plant Pure Nation. All right. Thanks, Howie. Take uh, care. See you later. Bye. Bye. I hope you were inspired by that interview with Nelson Campbell. We didn't mention that the contributions to Kickstarter are not just a donation. There's plenty of good swag, including DVDs, uh, VIP tickets. Um, if you've got a, a lot of money, you can get promotional consideration. I haven't gone through all of them, but uh, there's kits. Um, there's a book, uh, actually a very good cookbook, the... Um, Plant Pure Nation Cookbook by Nelson's wife, Kim. I've uh, got a copy, and I've cooked a bunch of things out of it, and they have all been winners. And they're pretty easy, too. It was one of those um, cookbooks where I kind of had all the ingredients on hand. I didn't have to do anything fancy. And when people came over, it's one of those cookbooks that I kind of trust. Uh, I don't have to uh, worry about some of the recipes being duds. It was It's good stuff. So anyway... Um, if you go to kickstarter.com and then look, search for Plant Pure Nation, you'll scroll down the right and you'll see all the good swag. So there's something in it for you as well. So if you enjoy this podcast, you can do me a favor by going to iTunes and leaving a review. Um, you can share this on social media, let other people know about it, especially something like this where there's a mission involved, where we're trying to raise money for a good cause, spreading this far and wide. Um, is is just awesome. Um, in a little while, I'm going to be sending out a survey um, asking folks who listen to the podcast what you like, what you don't like, um, what's the best length for a show for you, when do you listen to it, what sorts of topics do you want to hear more of and less of, and so hopefully I'll be able to um, take this to another level during this coming year. So with that, enjoy your 
Nay, and as always, be well, my friends.